Hello, and welcome to the Warm Podcast. I'm Fabian, and we've got an interesting episode today. It's going to be a little bit different from the others we've done so far. This is more of a how-to episode, where we're going to give you some practical hands-on advice about one of the most important topics for anyone who's serious about their music career, and that is getting coverage in the media. I'll be talking to Lennon Seahawk, who's a young music journalist who's also worked in music PR, artist management, and many other areas of the music industry. He's going to be sharing some of the most important do's and don'ts for musicians when they're reaching out to journalists like himself. Lennon has written for some very high-profile publications, including Ear Milk, Magnetic Magazine, Digital Music News, and many others, so he gets lots and lots of emails and pitches all the time, so he knows exactly what's necessary in order to stand out. He's going to talk about the importance of giving your music a story when sending it out, how to structure your emails, when to follow up if you don't hear back, and much more. So if you're an artist or anyone involved in music PR, this episode is for you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Could you like um, tell me just a little bit about yourself, like your background uh, before we get started and what it is you do now? Sure. Um, I always I get asked this question quite often because but and I'm never sure where to start. I always have a different answer. I'm never sure where to pick up and start off. So I usually kind of start right around where I finished with college. I went to school um, here in Orlando at Full Sail University. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's degree, bachelor of science degree in music production. I had dreamed of going to Full Sail for many, many years. So I moved across the country, made it happen. And after I graduated, I had a few different career paths that I was thinking about taking. I was thinking about getting into like music licensing, music supervision, artist management, running a label, running a studio, all that kind of stuff. But I just didn't solidify myself. I kind of continued to branch out and uh, work hard. And I found myself in the journalism world. I thought, well, I'm kind of in a limbo status, kind of not doing a whole lot of stuff, to some freelance projects here and there. So I thought, well, why don't I start contributing writing um, to some publications? So I reached out to EDM.com and I got my gig there. And ever since then, I kind of branched out to publications like Noise Porn, Digital Music News, Magnetic Magazine, which I'm an assistant editor at, um, Ear Milk. I've contributed to Dancing Astronaut last year. I did a few, to- few um, other articles on some different publications, which I'm no longer a part of. Um, so I didn't have this any idea that I would be in the journalism world, but I'm kind of glad that I did because I'm able to network and continue to stay fresh on the industry, the topics, and share my knowledge that I learned not only in school, but that I'm learning consistently on a daily basis and sharing that with the readers of the various publications. Um, on top of that, I'm also, I do a little bit of photography. I love, um, I'm a very creative person. Uh, in that realm, I don't do it as much as I would like to, um, but I'm also a musician. I've been playing piano for about 14 years. Um, not classically trained, unfortunately, just basic learning scales, all that fun stuff. Um, but I can navigate my way around the piano. Um, so yeah, and I do a little bit of electronic music writing in the computer, which I don't have a lot of experience in, but um, it's something that I, I really enjoy doing as well. Um, so that's mostly what I've been doing, and I have some experience at various labels. Um, I've interned at a few labels remotely, doing public relations. I'm currently contracting with a music distributor, so similar to, uh, it's called Jamvana. They're based here in Florida. They do similar to what TuneCore does, but on a completely different scale. Um, They basically, to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, all the digital service providers, you upload your music, they have direct contacts with them, and then we get your music to the different digital service providers for 
that your fans to listen to. Okay. So that's a pretty diverse background. Absolutely. I've been trying to, because I'm so young in my career, I tried to branch out and learn everything that I can. So then when I'm later on in my career, I can kind of combine everything and really hone in and, and help. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, but I mean, you, uh, given that you've written for some pretty high profile websites, um, I'm sure a lot of people send you, you know, uh, music all the time. Um, is that like, is that like an everyday thing? Do, you, do people like constantly uh, send send you music your way? Yeah, I, I do constantly get emails. Sometimes they, they catch my personal inbox. They get my, I mean, publicists will attack my email. They'll find anything to get in hold of you. They will they will reach out. Um, I have a magnetic magazine email, which where basically all the editors and stuff are subscribed to. It goes to like the reviews at magnetic.com. So whenever somebody sends that, it comes to me. And I have about 10,000 emails sitting in that inbox. So it's just, constant constant flow on top of my personal emails and i sometimes can get 20 30 pitches a day and i kind of sift through them i don't listen to them all but um i do catch my some of them do catch my eye okay um and you wrote a blog post on your blog uh with the title why your music needs a story not just a title um and what made you write that article um I wrote that article because I get a lot of pitches in my inbox and some of them they say this is a new artist you need to check out. There's no name in the subject and then they have like one or two sentences that say this artist is from say Sweden. Here's why they're irrelevant. They sound like X you know insert artist here. And then they have a link to the SoundCloud post or the SoundCloud track. And it's like, there's there's no information for me to learn about that artist. There's no information for me to learn about the song because music is a very creative output and a lot of people use it to tell their stories. They use it to communicate to other people. They say they use music to say things that they wouldn't normally say or are not able to say. And I always say that music is a universal language. So there's always, always a story that can be told, whether it be something thing as simple as you going to the grocery store and writing a song about it there's a story behind that and i think that regardless of how meaningless you may think that is it's very important for people like me who want to write about it or you want to write about it have that story to tell so we can also express that in our creative endeavors to the readers via the publication yeah and i think in the article you also say that you often lose interest in the music if it doesn't have a story um is that right yeah i do um like i said i get a lot of those pitches where some people will just say hey i just wrote a new track here's a link to soundcloud there there's nothing to it like if you want me to write about it what do you want me to talk about i know nothing about you you don't have a link to your website i have no idea who you are where is this inspiration coming from where did you learn the music There, there's no there's nothing behind it so i mean even if i were to write about it it might be a good track but i don't have anything to talk about other than what the song is what's the story behind it what's the story behind you type of thing you know and i lose a lot of interest it's like it's like when you meet somebody at a restaurant or you you meet somebody in a in a grocery store line and you start talking to them you can lose interest if they're not going to tell you anything about them they're just gonna you know they're just might tell you one or two things but you're going to lose interest in that conversation because there's there's nothing to relate to there's nothing to even talk about i'm sure some people would say that um well this track doesn't really have a, have a story i just sat down messed around created this track 
this track doesn't really have a story. Um, but you're saying basically that every track has something, some kind of story. Yeah, I do. I mean, even even there, that was your that was a story. You sat down, you wrote a track. There's a story. There's a story there. You sat down for a reason. Why did you sit down? Well, I sat down because I was sad. Okay, and why were you sad? Okay, you were sad because you know I just broke up with my girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever. Okay, and what, what caught? And you and you just kind of dig deeper, go beyond the I just sat down. You know, there's always something. There's a reason. Like every time I sit down at the piano, there's a reason why. I really want to play piano. Why? Because I'm feeling inspired. Why am I feeling inspired? Because I had a really good day at work. Why did I have a good day at work? Well, because I got a promotion. And why did I get that promotion? Because I worked very hard. It's just, it's a chain reaction and there's always a deeper meaning behind something. And I just think you need to dig deeper and channel that and, and, and figure out what it is. Even, and even if there, if you don't think there is a story, create one. When you're writing that song and there's no story there at that moment, after you're done with the song, you can maybe paint us a picture. That's something that, that, you know, the, the unicorns were frolicking and this and that, you know, paint us a picture, create a story for it. So there, there's always something there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you also mentioned that uh, you could, um, you know, maybe talk about how you are promoting the album. If it's an album, you know, how did you get started with music, um, stuff like that, that, that isn't necessarily related directly to, you know, the, the track itself. Absolutely. Yeah, there's always there's always kind of you can always take a unique approach to promoting the album. Say, for example, if you're you're sending to publications, um, but you're doing it in a unique way. You know, in addition to doing this in releasing your album, you're also giving out a free T-shirt for this, this, and that, or you're giving out a flash drive with X amount of you know unreleased music, or you're giving out VIP tickets. You know, you're taking a unique approach to how you're promoting that song. Something that is not just standard, oh, I released an album, let me pitch to publications, pitch to some Spotify playlists, and move on to the next next release, basically. So if you are doing something like giving something away or flash drive, you should you should uh you should use that as part of your pitch. Um if they're sending it to you, for instance, is is that also interesting part of the story? Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing something unique rather than just pitching me something Uh, and and you're giving something away. I want to know about that. Why are you giving something away? Because chances are you've definitely given some thought into why you're giving something away because that's going to cost you money to do that. So you've obviously given thought. You've 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 been creative about it. For example, an artist just released um that pitched me, a friend of mine, she pitched me a track and it was a 3D um track. So the music when you watch the music video, it came with a little personalized card that opened up and had a personalized message that said hello commander seahawk you know this is this 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 it's this this and that i don't remember exactly what it was and then it came with a pair of 3d glasses for you to watch the music video on youtube that was something that was something totally different and the the message was recorded by them and he sent it out to the x amount of publicists or whoever publications it went to and it was personalized so that was something completely unique so of course i had to jump on that like yeah send it my way i want to check that out type of thing interesting so so do you all do do you always uh should you always like send a, a, a press release um or is that only for like 
albums and EPs and stuff like that. I mean, say you were promoting just a single track. Um, do you prefer getting a even a short press release every time? Or I I honestly prefer having a press release because in in a previous podcast I did earlier this year and also in articles that I've written, I do prefer to have the fewer the communication, the fewer emails I have to send back and forth for you to send me the links, the social media links. Oh, you forgot to attach the cover art. That's another one. Oh, you forgot a quote. Send me that type of thing. It's it's I'm losing interest every time I send that email, another email. So combine everything into one Google Doc, one Word document, PDF, whatever it may be, and send it. A link to the cover art, a link to the social media, um, a link to or, or a quote in there, uh, a link to the download, a link to the high-resolution art, uh, press release images, an EPK. Any, everything should be in there, even if it's just a single, because then I don't have to do go out of my way to research you. Even though I, if you're really interesting and I follow you, I'll organically do that. But still in that moment, I'm sitting down because I don't have a lot of time to write out an article and, and sift through 100,000 emails to find exactly what it needs to be to, to put together a story for you. I want everything combined in one place. Um, but you're also a publicist. Um, you also work with artists. Uh, is that correct? Um, I did. I, I was contracting with a publicist. It was with a kind of a mutual friend of mine. Um, so I, I did a, a little bit of that. It was more of an assistant type thing. Um, but I have done public, public relations work. I'm not a big fan of it, uh, but I did do it for about a year. Okay. okay. I mean, can I ask you why you're not a fan? I mean, you're, that's kind of like being on the other side of the table, so to speak, from what you're doing. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I like to be the person that's receiving the content and, and writing about it. Um, I do enjoy putting together the press releases, but sometimes the the actual reaching out can be stressful because there's that time of I'm reaching out the way I would want to be reached out to, but not everybody wants that type of thing. They, some people want to be reached out via email. Some people want Facebook, some people want this. And then when you're not seeing results, you have to deliver bad news. And sometimes you have to deal with premieres and there's time crunches and it's just a lot of stress. And I'm doing so many other things, writing for so many different publications that it was just too much for me. Now, if I were just doing public relations, it might be a little bit of a different story. Um, but from my experience, it was kind of a lot to do at the same time. And I was doing it the way I would want to be reached out to and all that stuff. Um, but it just wasn't, um, it wasn't as catching to me, I guess. It wasn't as alluring and as fun to me as writing the articles and all that stuff. Yeah, but probably good to have uh, like an understanding of of what the other person is going through um, absolutely yeah but would you encourage artists to get a publicist um and when uh, i mean it's a pretty general question but but do you think it's a good idea to get one early on it's a solid question i'm actually talking about this in a, an upcoming article the one that i was talking about earlier um, sometimes it's necessary sometimes it's not and here's what i mean by that if you're a, an artist who has a good sound, but you don't have any connections within the industry, it might be best to hire a publicist at that point. Um, because you say you're working on an album and you just simply don't have the time to promote the this lead single and all that stuff, it might be best to contract a publicist for that release or the next two releases or whatever it may be, or even that album. So, But once you start getting out there and you're making connections, it's not 100% necessary. So... As an artist, for me, if I were to switch into an artist now and be just full-time writing music, 
I would not, I probably wouldn't hire a publicist because I have connections at various publications. I have, I have connections at different Spotify playlists. I have connections at different labels. That's what a publicist is. Is there somebody, basically a third party who has a slew of connections and knows how to kind of work those connections to get results. But it's not 100% necessary. If you have good music and you're releasing and you're doing, you're keeping up on social media, you're releasing consistently, you're promoting your shows organically, you're playing, you're performing, all that stuff, it's not 100% necessary because the tracks, sometimes the audience will come and it'll just happen all organically. But sometimes you need that extra push or you have, say, your biggest track you've ever released in the last five years. Maybe you do want to push you know, get a publicist to leverage their connections on top of your connections. So say, for example, if your track is, say, hip-hop mixed with electronic music, you might have a lot of connections in the electronic side, but no connections on hip-hop. So you could hire a, a publicist that has connections within the hip-hop industries so they can push their connections with hip-hop and you can push yours in electronic music and kind of do a combined effort type thing. So there, there's, there's quite a few grade lines where you could and there's somewhere you don't need to. But ultimately, it comes down to building up your connections, learning what works for you and what works for the connections that you're doing, and, and building relationships with those people. Because if you're friends with somebody, you're going to be put higher on priority type of thing. Yeah, of course. Interesting. Um, another one of your posts was about um, how you received the perfect email um, oh yes so if we could <laughs> which i found quite uh, quite interesting even though as you say a lot of i mean different journalists obviously have you know different preferences and stuff like that um but it was still pretty interesting um so if we could talk a little bit about some like do's and don'ts uh with regards to emailing uh, what were some of the things that made this particular email um so good absolutely um i'm trying to pull up my website here so i can reference it again because i wrote that uh a little while ago let's see here it is um yeah so this uh this email was was perfect because first of all i, I have the article pulled up now so he said i'm familiar with your work on ear milk that was the publication he referenced and wanted to reach out so right there he's kind of building into my narcissism. He's talking about, oh, I know who you are, and he greeted me by my name. Okay, and he wanted to reach out. He wanted to, okay, I wanted to reach out, start building a relationship. And then he told me a little bit how who he is. I'm a New York artist approaching 1 million streams and have been tabled by some majors. Okay, so you're starting to get some traction. I would love to chat music sometime or just talk about the industry if you'd be down. Right there, he's saying, oh, I have some extra time and I would love to give that to you to talk about the music industry and music, something that he knows I'm, I'm clearly passionate about. So again, he's talking about, okay, I have some extra free time. Let me chat with you. Why do you want to give me your free time? And I'm kind of humbled that he wants to give me extra free time. Also would be selfish, also would be would selfishly love your feedback on my new song coming out this Friday, shameless plug to SoundCloud link. Okay, so there's the shameless plug. No big deal. I already kind of had this intuition that, okay, he's reaching out, he's pitching me something. No big deal. But he already told me that he's an artist approaching one million streams. Okay, so then he definitely wants some 
type of coverage to you know keep continue growing those streams is straight ahead pop on this one or at least i think so okay so then he told me what the song is sorry this isn't formal but i kind of prefer it that way also i'm a programmer and into web design graphic design if you ever need help with anything so not only that, he also offered his professional services that if I need help with something, to build a relationship with him. So if I do need that connection to say, hey, design a graphic, design cover art, whatever it may be, he's there to help. And he prefers informal emails. I prefer informal emails as well, but I also prefer, prefer professional emails. Don't be unprofessional. Be professional. This was, this was fun. I got a sense of his personality. And, and it was professional. So it, it, to me, it was the perfect email pitch. It was short, sweet, and I and then I, in the blog post, I also go and explain why I broke it down into why it was the perfect email pitch. Definitely, yeah. There's some pretty like original stuff, I guess. I mean, uh, compared to what a lot of a lot of people are doing, I think. Um, um, and yeah, and, and we're gonna link to uh, to that to that article. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it was it, it was interesting um, with with how he uh, kind of like offered, as you say, he kind of offered you know his services to you and offered to like chat with you. Um, I think I mean most people would just kind of try to push what they have you know to you. So it's it's it, it seems like a really refreshing approach to kind of offer to do something for the person you're writing. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how, when you send out emails, um, from the artist's or the publicist's perspective, how, how, when you don't get a response, which you very often won't, should you do follow-ups? Uh, when should you do follow-ups? Um, when does it become pushy? Um, it, that's a good question. And a, a lot of times every publicist has a different perspective. Personally, I like to follow up no more than th like you send the initial email and follow up no more than two more times. So a total of three emails uh, because publicists and other bloggers, especially editors at different publications, they get hundreds, if not thousands of pitch pitches a week. Um, yours is if it wasn't stuck out, then it probably wasn't a fit for either the publication or they just weren't interested. Um, so initially reaching out and then I would say probably a week or 10 days prior to release. So if you have a release on the 10th of say August, I would do the initial reach out on the first, send another one in say three to four days, follow up email, and then one more probably three days prior to the actual release and then that would be it if there's no no response um it would it probably be best to not move on now some people i've had this as well they'll send you emails they don't get a response there they'll send four or five emails they don't get a response they'll go over to twitter they'll send me two three messages on twitter they don't get a response there they'll go over to facebook send me two or three messages on facebook and, and it's they'll send me like a total of 10 different things at that point you're you're, you're sounding desperate and I'm gonna I'm gonna totally ignore you, and chances are I'm not gonna want to work with you in the future. Yeah, I think a lot of times when people do that is because they don't really know if um, if you if if you are like seeing the email or if if uh, the publication if you're just sending it to like a general uh, email address, people don't really know if they got it. I mean, some people are obviously just pushy, but um, I think there's some confusion as to. If your email is actually being read, I mean the, the the places you write for 
I mean, do you, do do people generally? I mean, do do you try to get back to people, or is it like do people or, or do a lot of emails just kind of like get in the in the in the in the big pile and don't really you don't have time to get to them? Generally, the how I approach this is if I if the email looks like it's been formatted and they've added me to a mailing list and it just looks like a very formatted email that probably three to four thousand other people received, I don't even bother with it. Um, however, if I get one that looks personalized from, say, somebody that has pitched me for the last six months and they've sent over a couple tracks that I've been interested in or have written about, then I'll usually get back to them. Um, saying either, yeah, I'm interested or no, you know, I'm going to have to pass on this for now. Please feel free to send me, you know, future releases. I'd be more than happy to check them out. Um, but if it, like I said, if it's more, if it's part of a mailing list and you just added me to a mailing list, which keep in mind is illegal. If you're not getting permission from people, you cannot add them to a mailing list without permission. And they're just blasting emails every week or every two weeks with, you know, three, four releases. I'm going to just bypass that because it's not personalized. It's just, I, I need coverage. Here's what I have. Pick and choose what you want. It's kind of like a, like a hors d'oeuvres type thing. They just lay everything out on the table and you just pick and choose what you want. Um, but the people that I've built relationships with on Facebook, um, that are at different labels that some of them are, you know, they're good friends of mine now. They're messaging me like, Hey, how's the new job going? Or, Hey, you know, happy birthday. You know, I just wanted to stop by and say, you know, you ha- hope you're having a good day, whatever, check up and see how things are going. Those are the type of people that when I see their email, I'm going to mark to follow up with them. Even if it's two or three days, I'm going to make sure that I respond whether I like the track or not. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like in the real world uh, where people, if they just contact you when they want something, it's you're, you know, less likely to uh <laughs> to uh, engage with them as much yeah i don't i don't click well with people like that either is you're only messaging me when you want something so yeah, chances are this is like yeah you're you're pretty successful in what you're doing but the only time you ever message me is when you want something so i'm gonna have to pass um i mean you're also writing for um digital music news right correct where where it's more like industry music industry related stuff um i'm sure people also like want to pitch you like um not necessarily music there but it but it's more like um i guess coverage also um is that like a similar as though it's like similar principles there if they want to get in touch with you like in, in that type of situation Absolutely, because a lot of times that news stuff like that is is embargoed news. So, for example, if there is a, a large corporation that's coming out with a new feature that's kind of tailored toward the music industry, um, they should absolutely provide all of the information because chances are if, say, for example, if Google is releasing, is starting a new label, but it's not, it's embargoed until, say, you know, December, then I need to know all of that information because, first of all, Google has never started a label. They have Google Play Music, but I need to know all of that information, provide all that information, who's my point of contact. It is very similar principles, but make sure something like that is all the information is there because there can be a lot of loopholes and a lot of questions that come up. And if I'm writing an article and I have a lot of questions when I'm writing it, then it's going to be harder for me to write and actually get my point across and 
put behind research, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's um, that's pretty much all I have. Um, that was very, um, very informative. Uh, very nice. So could you just uh, me tell uh, everybody where to find you? If they want to run a read more of your stuff and, and keep up with what you're doing. Absolutely. So um, a lot of you could follow the best place to follow me is on Twitter. I'm pretty I try to stay active on there. I'm trying to keep more of the content that I'm writing and stuff and interacting with industry professionals and stuff on Twitter. So you can follow me there. It's just at Lennon, L-E-N-N-O-N, and then Seahawk, C-I-H-A-K. And you can also follow my website, which is LennonSeahawk.com, www.LennonSeahawk.com. Um, and there's a, a contact form there. So if you want to get in contact with me, feel free to fill that out, send it to me, and I get all those emails as well. And I'll be happy to reach back out to you. But Twitter is the best place. And then from there, I have links to all the stuff where I'm writing at and whatnot so you can reach out there and see what i'm writing at awesome well um thanks a lot for the for the advice you're welcome thanks for having me on i really enjoy <laughs>